Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to episode one of Inside the Ravine, a brand new Dodgers podcast. If you're a diehard Dodgers fan, then this is certainly the podcast for you. It's been a while trying to get the show going, but I'm thrilled that we're finally able to deliver the first episode of this brand new Dodgers podcast. I'm your host, Blake Harris, and joining me every week is going to be my co-host, Josh Schaefer. But before we give you the rundown on what you can expect from this show and who we are, Josh, I got to ask you, how does it feel to finally be recording the first episode after uh, months and months of preparation? It feels good. I mean, you know, we've had talks and discussions and meetings about doing this podcast um, for for a while now. And, you know, it, we, we had been in different cities when when this has been happening and right now we're both recording back in southern california and uh and the dodgers are red hot so i think it's a pretty good time to start getting this thing rolling right so yeah perfect time to start september 1st when we're recording this we got a month left into the season then we'll get postseason baseball which is not going to be a lot of fun but josh before we kind of dive into who we are you know letting the listeners know exactly who we are why they should listen to us talk about the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to give them a quick rundown on what they can expect on Inside the Ravine. So we're pretty much going to be talking about the latest news, whether it's IL stints, whether it's players being hot or cold. We're also going to have exclusive interviews, and you're going to have to stay tuned for those. And we talked about it in our uh, trailer, and I also posted this on Twitter, but we're going to be breaking down those uh, lineup critiques those bullpen critiques, the moves that has social media fuming. We're going to be going off on those because we're not going to be going too in-depth on the Dodgers game from today against the Mets, but in normal episodes, I'm sure we would both have a lot to say. So pretty much everything Dodgers. And like I mentioned, this is the podcast for you if you're a massive Dodgers fan. But Josh, like I mentioned, let's uh, let the viewers get to know us a bit. Uh, so I'll start with you and uh, just give us your rundown and give us a breakdown on who exactly Josh Schaefer is. Yeah, well, I said that uh, I said on our trailer for those who, who haven't who haven't listened to that or seen that anywhere yet. Um, you know, I'm a Southern California guy, born and raised in L.A. I'm from the San Fernando Valley. Uh, grew up going to games at Dodger Stadium, and uh, you know, we met in college, so we both went to both went to Arizona State and uh, covered sports there. Um, so, and whether it was you know being here in L.A. and and going to baseball games or or being in college and, and covering baseball games you know we cross paths a lot then also got to watch a lot of Dodgers baseball so um for me uh covered spring training for baseball America uh, when I was in college uh, got to cover uh the Dodgers quite a bit and then also spent two summers covering uh, some of the best uh future prospects in baseball uh, in the Cape Cod Baseball League and there I even got to cover uh, a few Dodgers prospects as well including the likes of Michael Bush and then there were tons of other uh, big time players on the team that I worked for, including, you know, Alec Manoa, Spencer Torkelson. So, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, currently, I mentioned this in the preview too. I'm currently working in hockey. I work for the LA Kings organization as the broadcaster for their AHL affiliate, the Ontario Reign. Also, do work with the LA Kings from time to time, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And now doing the show, breaking back into baseball a little bit. Yeah, we're going to have to make some sort of fun game as the episodes go on. How many times per episode does Josh mention Chatham? Because uh, he saw quite a few players uh, during his summers in Chatham. And I think every episode, we're, we're going to get at least one mention. Get the counter uh, I'm going. 
I, yeah, we, I'll have to get a, a counter graphic going on in the stream yard. But yeah, we, Josh and I have known each other for about six years. We actually, this is not our first podcast. We did a, a college football show for six years. And uh, so we have plenty of experience. When I was talking with, you know, production about getting this show rolling, I was thinking, man, this this is an easy, de- easy decision on who I want my uh, co-host to be. So glad that we got Josh on board. And you guys probably, uh, if you're listening to this, know who I am from Twitter. I've been covering the Dodgers for the last three or four years, losing track of time on how exactly, uh, how long it's been exactly. But I've been covering the team for three to four years, deep, highly invested in the team. You guys have probably seen me on Twitter at Blake Harris TBLA. And like Josh, born and raised in Southern California, grew up going to five to 10 Dodger games a year. You guys can probably see Behind me, once we start posting clips, you'll be able to see, but I have hundreds of Dodgers bobbleheads. So huge bobblehead collector. And uh, if you guys have any bobbleheads out there, feel free to hit me up because we're always growing our collection. But diehard Dodgers fan, you know, again, probably 100 plus games at Dodger Stadium. So glad that, again, we can take our knowledge of the Dodgers, our experience, bring it to this podcast because that's what we want to do. We are two diehard Dodgers fans. They just want to talk about the Dodgers, talk about the Dodgers with you guys. So Josh, without uh, further ado, I think we're going to go into our uh, first segment. But before I do, I just want to let you guys know that you can find Inside the Ravine wherever you guys find your podcasts. I know there are a lot of different apps out there, but we are brought to you by Odyssey Sports. So make sure to find us on the Odyssey app. You can also find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would also like to hear any feedback that you guys have. So make sure to find the show and rate us on Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple. This show, it's for Dodgers fans, but mainly it's for the fans. We want to know what you guys want to hear. We want to know what you guys like. So any suggestions, any uh, potential segment ideas, let us know over there. And you guys can also find us all over social media. Probably one app more than the other. You can find us at Inside the Ravine on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Josh and I have been talking about this. We're not quite sure how the whole TikTok thing works. Um, We have girlfriends that know how to do that more than we do. So they're going to be explaining to us how exactly to work that app. So you guys, if you are on Twitter, that's probably your best bet to follow along with the show, to contact us, to follow along with us there. So again, that is Inside the Ravine. Also, I'm on Twitter at Blake Harris TBLA. Josh Schaefer is at Josh Schaefer 25. And uh, without further ado, again, let's get into things. Again, in, in most episodes, we're probably going to be breaking down series, previewing series. So we're not going to be talking really about the Mets series that just took place. This is kind of more of a, a broad overview of the entire season up until this point, because this is our first episode. So I would love to hear what Josh has to say on just the team in general. I got a lot to say on the team in general. So Josh, we're going to kick things off in regards to recapping the Dodgers season up to this point. At the time of this recording, they are 90 and 40, 50 games over 500. They're on pace to, I believe, win 112 games. That's at least with my Arizona State math uh, was able to churn out on the calculator. So overall, I mean, we've both been around for about 25 years or so, a little older than you. But in your lifetime, is this the greatest Dodgers team that you've seen so far? I think it has to be, right? I mean, there was the hashtag this team a few years ago. I think that was 2017. There was the the Sports Illustrated cover of Justin Turner getting the Gatorade dumped over him that said greatest team ever question mark. Um, that cover flashes in my in my head. Just the horrors of that magazine and what it jinxed um, that season. And it's constantly flashing in my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at this point, is it the greatest team ever? I don't know. Is it the greatest Dodgers team ever? It's up there. I, I think it's got to be up there. Just the way that they win games, the pace of, of their victories, and, and the way that they win all of these games. I said this to you a couple of days ago. This was more out of frustration when I said it, but um, because it was after an extra innings game. Um, But the reality of the situation is that the Dodgers aren't winning games because Dave Roberts is necessarily out managing anybody. The Dodgers are not out scheming anybody. They're not using small ball to move runners around and then score runs that way. Like a lot of teams have to rely on doing a lot of teams will rely on their manager to make certain moves and, and mix mat and and mismatch, you know, certain, um, certain matchups just to kind of kind of manipulate their way to victories. And the Dodgers don't do that. And when I last said this, I said it out of frustration. But the fact of the matter is that the Dodgers are just better than, you know, 
they lost today, but let's say 99% of the teams that they face, they win these games because they're a really good team. They don't win their, win these games necessarily because of strategy. You know, they just overpower everybody that they face. And for the most part, if the bats are quiet for six innings for the next three, they're not going to be. So, um, and that's kind of the trend we've seen all season long. And, and it goes from top to bottom of the lineup, even when, you know, guys like Bellinger and Muncie weren't hitting um, consistently. They'd come in and and get you that that odd home run um, that could change a game. Remember the Giants series, you know, a couple of months back where the Dodgers had to come from behind and there was the late Bellinger grand slam um, in the middle of a slump. And that kind of kick-started things for him. So the Dodgers just continue to win games and find ways to win and overpower teams, whether it's pitching or offensively. And right now I think they're on pace to be if not the best, one of the best Dodgers teams of all time. Yeah, I'm thinking back to that uh, Sports Illustrated cover from 2017 when it was yeah, the other Justin Turner Gatorade bath, and it said best team ever. I don't remember exactly how many days after that cover was released, but I remember in September they lost like 16 of 17 games. Again, I don't know if it was like a week later, two weeks later, but they just had that historic meltdown. So yeah, anytime you say best team ever, you want to pump your brakes thinking about that. But I definitely think that this is probably the best team I've seen in my lifetime. You know, you've had some really good teams the last couple of years, uh, 2017, 2019. You know, I thought it was a really good team. Last year, they won 106 games. But I think this year, especially considering all the injuries they've dealt with, luckily their offense, they haven't really dealt with too much. I know Mookie missed a couple of weeks with like a rib injury, but Trey, Freddie, Will Smith, all those guys have stayed relatively healthy. I know Max Muncy was in a massive slump, um, but he's, you know, been pretty much fine. I know he missed a couple of weeks, but that was, I think, maybe a phantom IL. Their pitching staff has been remarkable. I think this is probably what separates them. They don't have necessarily the talent on that pitching staff they've had in years past, but the fact that they're starting rotation, they have had Walker Bueller for you know two months of the season, and when they had him, he was awful. Kershaw's missed a couple months. The Heen Dog has missed a couple of months. They've had you know Tony Gonsolin. He was just recently placed on the IL. They've had no true five starting rotation throughout the entire season. Didn't even mention Dustin May, who finally came back a couple of weeks ago. And I believe across the board in regards to all statistics regarding starting pitching, they've been the best. And their bullpen as well. Blake Trinan has pretty much missed the entire year. Daniel Hudson, he's missed most of the year and after tearing his ACL. They've been calling up random guys that you had no idea existed until prior to this season. And Evan Phillips that was claimed off waivers last year. Yancy Almonte, who has an ERA of like a, a buck and a half. They have so many guys that have just been absolutely phenomenal pickups. Chris Martin, who was picked up at the trade deadline for the Cubs, he's been phenomenal. And again, I think with their bullpen, they're either at the top or they're near the top in essentially every category. So they're pitching considering all the injuries they've dealt with this year. Um, the fact that they've been the best in all of baseball, I, I think is remarkable. And again, this offense, I believe they're the only offense averaging more than five runs a game. I don't know exactly what their offensive uh, statistics were back in 2017, back in 2019 when they were, you know, those kind of teams, but this definitely has to be similar, if not better. And like you mentioned, it just seems like no matter what point in the game it is, no matter who's up, no matter who's on the mound, they're just coming through. I mean, you don't win 90 games through September, you know, with luck. These are earned wins. This is a really good team. And like I said, I think it's the best I've seen. It's tough to really judge until you see what happens in October, because I personally thought that 2019 team was really special, but we saw what happened in the NLDS. We never got to see them, you know, potentially reach the world series. So we'll see what happens in October. But I think in regards to regular season, this is the best team. And as of right now, I believe they're on pace for 112 wins. Now, when I wrote this uh, rundown a couple days ago, it was looking a little easier for potentially reaching 117 wins. Now they still can. I think they're going to have to go something like 27 and five. I want to say, so it's something that's definitely doable, but their their record of 106 wins for the franchise is definitely going to be surpassed. But Josh, I'll just throw it to you again. I don't think they have a realistic shot at 117, but looking at how they are now again, 90 and 40, 32 games remaining. What's your uh, prediction in regards to how many wins you think this Dodger team ends up with? Well, I'm going to say they're currently on pace for 112. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty good mark. I think they have a realistic chance at 117. I mean, yeah. we've seen what they've look at what they did over the months of July and August. I mean, what what, what they accomplished was unbelievable. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think that there's a legitimate shot for it. I don't think they get there. Um, I was joking the other day that 
Um, there are two ways that this goes. The Dodgers finish one game. They, they finish with 118, let's say, or they finish with 117. Everybody loses their minds and they're out in the first round. Or they finish a game shy of, of 117. So they'll finish with 116 and go all the way to the World Series. Like, and people would be, and, and Dodger fans are going to be upset that they don't hit 117. So I joked about that the other day, but I think there's a legitimate chance. But you go and you look at the numbers for what they've got. They've got the number one batting average in baseball. They've by far scored more runs than anybody else in baseball. They have the highest team OPS in baseball. And then you go back to the pitching like you were just talking about. I mean, the starting pitching itself has been ridiculous because it's been everybody. I mean, everybody has contributed, and they haven't had a set five-man rotation all season long, yet – you include the bullpen and they've got a team ERA at 2.84, which is yeah. the best in baseball. And from top to bottom, they've just been the best team. They've got the best whip. They've got um, one of the top batting averages against in, in baseball. Um, so it's just, they continue to just impress in basically every category in every stat that you can look at. Um, so I don't think I don't want to, pump the brakes and say, let's be realistic. They're not going to get to 117, but I do think there's a legitimate chance. I'm yeah. just going to personally say they come a little bit short. Yeah. I think entering today before they lost, I think they needed to go 27 and six. And I saw something earlier that over their previous, you know, 33 or 34 games, they were 26 and seven. So essentially they were nearly right on the mark that they needed to be obviously losing today kind of hurts that, but That's the thing where it's they're going to win 110, 112 games, and it might feel like a bit of a drag that they didn't reach 116, 117. But again, I'm kind of hoping it'd be be cool to see. I will say it'd be cool to see them break the record 117 wins because that's a number. I don't think anyone would ever break 116, but the fact that they're this close, I think it'd be cool to see them break it. But if they somehow get 117 wins, this all of a sudden, as if the Dodgers didn't have enough pressure in October by being the best team in baseball, can you imagine the pressure that they're going to be under that Dave Roberts is going to be under if they set that 117 win record and they're, you know, dubbed as the greatest, you know, regular season team of all time and they come up short, whether it's in the DS, whether it's in the CS, whether it's in the World Series, I don't think it matters when they lose. I think if they don't win the series, it would be a bust because you think about that Mariners team, everyone remembers they won 116 games, but they didn't even make it to the World Series, and that's what everyone remembers. No one remembers how historic that season was. So I think I would rather have the Dodgers win 110 games and win the World Series than they win 117. There's more expectations on them, and uh, they fall short. So what was, again, your final your final prediction? Um, right now, you got to put a number down. How many wins are they finishing with? I'll go with – I mean, they're on pace for 112, right? Uh, yeah. I'll say 112. Right, right on the money yeah. because I, I don't think – I mean, you look at their last uh, – this last week or so of games at the time of recording and, you know, a couple losses to the Mets, you know, sprinkle in uh, a loss to the Brewers in there. And that's already – what, if, if we just include three losses right there, that's more than they've had in a small period of, of time than right. they had in the last two months. So, yeah. like, even – they're going to slow down a little bit, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but – they're going to you'll see some new players in the lineup i'm sure or maybe some less familiar faces in the lineup and and they'll slow down a little bit not a whole lot and they're still going to win a a whole heck of a lot of games yeah but uh i think they slow down just a little bit yeah they're on pace for 112 i'm going to go with 110 just because i do think once you get to those final few weeks again this is something we're going to talk about in a bit i think they're going to take their foot off the gas a bit maybe start resting some guys but then again if if we're having to settle for 110 wins at this point that's uh, that's a hell of a season. So we are going to take a quick break, but we are going to be right back. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As 
Former Sports Center anchors and current sports obsessives were consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, so we just kind of teased it a little in regards to the Dodgers in the month of September potentially slowing down and necessarily reaching that win pace. And Josh, our next topic of conversation is what exactly should the Dodgers do in September? At the time of this, I believe their magic number in the NL West is 14. They're going to win within the next week or two. They're going to clinch the division. I think they have a seven-game lead over the Mets for the best record in the National League. That's going to be safe, barring some 2017 collapse when they got jinxed by that Sports Illustrated cover. So I don't think they're going to have that seven-game lead in the National League go away. So the Dodgers, are they find themselves in a very interesting position. They have a month of games left. I think, again, 32 games to be exact. You're not necessarily fighting for a playoff spot. We saw last year, I think that's what the Dodgers' downfall was. They were fighting until game 162 to try to win the division. They ended up getting past the Giants in the DS, but clearly they were tired. They're dealing with injuries in the NLCS. Luckily, they're going to avoid that this year, but you want to keep guys fresh. You want to keep guys going. I think they're going to have like a, a week break once the season ends, waiting for the NLCS. So if you're the Dodgers, again, everything is wrapped up. You're good to go. You want to stay healthy for October. Do you want to have these same guys riding out the same lineup every day where you're keeping them fresh, you're keeping them ready for October, or do you take advantage of having so much time giving guys day, days off? Because we saw last year in game 162, Max Muncy suffered a season-ending injury that cost the Dodgers in October. Now this year, they don't need every guy out there in game 162. So what do you think the Dodgers should do? in the month of September and what do you think likely ends up happening? Because what we think should happen and what actually happens, they could very well be two, di uh, two different things. Well, first of all, Blake, I think you're always playing to win, but at the same time, the Dodgers just, unless it's the Bill Plasky article saying that they shouldn't win. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think you have to play to win, but at the same time, I don't think your lineup has to be your all-star lineup every single game. And I say that kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, considering, how many all-stars they've had the last couple of years that are just in the lineup today or tomorrow right. or whatever, um, or MVPs or Cy Youngs or whatever. Um, but like, it doesn't need to be your a lineup every single game at this point, moving forward, especially once you clinch the division, you know, you can, you can pump the brakes a little bit. Um, so I don't think, I'm going to I'm going to put my foot in my mouth with what I'm going to say in a few minutes with what literally what I just said. But uh, no, I, I think they'll slow down a little bit. I'd like to see some different players in the lineup. You know, we've seen James Outman, who complete tangent here has been on an absolute tear in the minor leagues this last week. He hit for the cycle twice. So James Outman is um, the second coming of Mike Trout, apparently. Um, mm -hmm. But. James Outman's been unreal, and he was great when he came up with the Dodgers. Miguel Vargas was interesting, and, and he had a couple of big hits when he got called up. And heck, it, bring me Michael Bush. You know, I want I want Michael Bush. Um, and given my luck with, of course, the Chatham A's, there's my first reference. Um, my luck with the Chatham A's is they'll call up somebody like JoJo Gray, and then he'll make his debut and get traded a week later. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. 
but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that I'd like to see a few more of these guys in the lineup. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying this needs to be a college football game where you're Alabama and you're up by 40 in the second quarter and you put in all these different players you've never heard of. No, I mean, give me your guys in the lineup and plug and play some other guys who, who can get some reps or who can make their debuts yeah. and things like that. You don't need to have Kershaw coming in and pitching seven innings after you clinch the division. So I say clinch the division, slow down a little bit. Let's see some different guys in the lineup because like you said, you don't need anybody getting hurt in game 162. Yeah. And I think we started seeing that, you know, recently like Mookie Betts, he wasn't in the lineup earlier in the week when they were in Miami. And I think, like you said, once the division is officially clinched, just to, you know, be safe. And once they kind of clinch the best record in the national league, especially this is when I do kind of hate that the roster is no longer expand to 40, where essentially they would just take everyone up from the minors and bring them up because the thing is you can rest guys, but with the short bench, granted they have one extra spot, you can't necessarily, you know, be benching everyone. And I, I wish there were some guys, even again, like with James Outman, he's gonna have to finish the season in triple A. I would also like to see him be getting, you know, getting consistent at bats at the big league level. And again, if you have you know eight bench spots instead of four or five, that allows you more opportunities to give guys more consistent rest. But again, you don't want to overdo it, you still want to win. But the crazy thing is the Dodgers could bench half their guys call up half, you know, a team from the minors, they'd probably still win, you know, based on who they're playing. It could be James Zalman, Miguel Vargas, Michael Bush. They can throw out Jacob Amaya out there. They probably still win, but it is going to be interesting to see just how much rest they give certain guys. Because again, you want to make sure you're avoiding injuries, you're avoiding all the kind of stuff. But you also want to make sure, again, these guys aren't getting too much rest. They're not going to be rusty. Again, I think it's about, I'll have to look and check five days, seven days, however long the break is from game 162. Um, until that NLDS begins, because again, I don't know if that's going to be a pro or a con for the Dodgers. You're going to have rested arms in the bullpen. That's going to be great. But again, when you're these guys and you don't play for a week and I don't know how that's going to react. So it'll be interesting to see how they play in September, just how much they take their foot off the gas, because we saw a couple nights ago, you know, if the Dodgers were in the heart of a playoff race, I don't think Jake Reed is coming in for the ninth inning. I don't think Heath Hembray is coming in in a high leverage situation on the road at City Field against the Mets in the sixth inning of a tie game. I think the Dodgers have the luxury to just say, you know what, whatever happens, happens. So it's going to be and interesting. It, it, it did work. So Dave <laughs> proved to be a madman and it worked. I'm very interested to see, though, in September, if they begin to uh, experiment with certain things, maybe in the bullpen. I think the lineup that's going to stay exactly the same. They're going to shift things between, you know, the six, seven, eight, nine holes. That doesn't necessarily matter. I am very interested to see what happens though with the bullpen because we have a lot of guys coming back Blake Trinan, Danny Duffy, Tommy Canely, Victor Gonzalez. These are all guys that might be in the bullpen at some point in September. And Craig Kimbrell, I mean, this is some something I'm sure we'll talk about in the coming episodes. He's a guy that you don't necessarily want to turn to in the ninth inning. So now in September, it's tryout time. Find out who's able to pitch the ninth inning. All these guys coming off the injured list, figure out if they're able to go high leverage innings, if they're arms you can rely on. Because come October, you're going to have a bullpen filled with eight to nine guys that you need to make sure they're your eight to nine best options. You don't want to have a guy like Craig Kimbrell taking the spot of a guy like Danny Duffy, who in the month of September might throw 10 scoreless Indians. You want to make sure you have every arm available. So I think it's going to be an open tryout because like I said, there's eight or nine spots and there's probably 14 or 15 different guys that are worthy of a roster spot at this time, assuming everyone stays healthy. So do you think the Dodgers might do something like that? You know, make the bullpen kind of like an addition for uh, September. Or I yeah, guess October. Give me spring training outings. Uh, yes. Maybe not to that extent, but Kershaw comes in, he throws a 12 pitch first inning. Cool. Let's get somebody else in there. <laughs> I'm He's not the saying, opener. Yeah, I'm not saying let's go to that extent, but seriously, I, I I don't think that's a horrible idea because again, like you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people have been. I've seen it quite a bit on Twitter recently of people saying um, innings limits or pitch limits, things like yeah. that. Um, and I mean. I think you see that more often. Um, I, I don't want to say more often, but I think in different levels of baseball, you see things that are similar where, you know, in college, basically you've got three straight days with games. You get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes you get a midweek Tuesday or Wednesday game. And then you have days off until you get to the weekend. So college baseball, right? You've got a three man rotation. So sometimes it's like, all right, if Tuesday comes around and, you know, somebody's, you know, pitching like this or, or say it's a Sunday game and you got to take somebody out of the bullpen. Well, 
maybe that was your guy who you kind of thought was going to start your random midweek game. So you've got him on a, a pitch limit or something like that. And it's like that in yeah. summer ball all the time at the college level, or sometimes in the minors, like if you've got guys on pitch limits, um, they're not going to go overboard. You're going to keep them, you know, true. And that's more so with starters or things like that. Um, I think we could see something similar. I mean, realistically, yeah. if, if you're going to lock up the division, I think you do see somebody like Dave Roberts, who I think we've seen, has a history of being a little bit more careful with pitchers. Um, we saw it earlier this year, obviously the Kershaw decision that so many people were upset about right away um, kind of proved to be a, a good decision, you know, first outing of the year, let's not overdo it. Um, yeah. So I think that we've seen things like that from Dave Roberts in the past. And I think that in a season like this, Dave Roberts might be the man that you want in charge when you get into this type of situation, somebody who's going to play it very smart and yeah. is now it seems to me that he's going to have that luxury of being able to slow things down a little bit and think ahead and, and take it easy. Yeah. And that that's going to be huge. You know, come September, I think right now that I don't know if they're still planning on rocking a six man rotation. I know they've been doing it the last couple of weeks, but give guys some extra days of rest. I mean, Tony Gonsolin, he's on the aisle right now. He's already thrown a career high in innings. You got Dustin May coming back after missing a year and a half with Tommy John. Julio, I mean, he's just been throwing nonstop the last couple of years. So if you can give these guys some extra rest, and like you said, you know, we hit it perfectly, maybe in a, in a pennant race or something like that, you have Julio, you send him out there for the seventh. Now with everything locked up, if he's looked good through five, you can pull him and just, you know, turn it to the bullpen. You don't need your starters to be going deep into games unless they have a no hitter, in which that case Dave Roberts is, you know, begging to the gods that he doesn't have to make a decision in the ninth to pull him. So I, I think especially for Dave Roberts, you know, he's pulled guys historically in the past a little too early. He's going to thrive in September. He's like, this is what I've dreamed about. I can pull guys in the fourth and the fifth, rattle off some guys from the bullpen. So it's going to be interesting, again, how he, this plays out because you still want to give guys rest, but you want to give them consistent reps, make sure they're built up for October. But I'm just very interested to see, and I'm sure we're going to have a, an episode dedicated to this once the postseason is coming around. We're going to be doing an episode breaking down our postseason predictions in regards to rosters because offensively, we know who's going to be on the roster, but when it comes to the bullpen and the starting rotation, like I mentioned, there are eight or nine spots in that bullpen that 14, 15 guys are going to be fighting for. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, Josh, enough talking about the Dodgers and the great season they've had so far. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about the team and all this fun stuff as the episodes go on. Why don't we introduce a brand new segment that I think the uh, viewers are going to have a lot of fun with. This is called Fair or Foul. So essentially, I'm going to give Josh three potential situations surrounding the Dodgers. If he thinks it's going to happen, he'll say fair. If he doesn't, it's going to it's going to be foul. So fairly straightforward, I think, Josh. I know we played this uh, a while back, but uh, are you ready for our first official episode of Fair or Foul? Yeah, I'm ready. I've been I, I've prepared as much as possible, which is quite literally not at all. Uh, yep. Because I've I don't know what he's gonna ask, so yeah. this will be fun. Because I think we're gonna have some similar segments like this, um, and we'll switch off each week. One week I'll be doing it, one week Blake will be doing it. So for this week, Blake's firing away with the questions, and I have no idea what's coming my way. All right, we'll kick things off. The Dodgers' lead in the division is currently at 18 games. They'll finish the season with a 25 game lead in the NL West. Wow, you're going for it right away. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm going to, I'm going to say this one's foul. Um, I think that it's going to be pretty much what it is now. I don't think that lead is going to grow much more than it already is. Um, I think that maybe you get to 20 games, maybe 21. Just the way that I see it right now is we're talking about a, a team based off of our last couple of um, topics. This is a team that I see maybe not taking its foot off the gas too much, um, but if you're going hundred miles per hour, I think you can cool off to like 85. Right. And I think that that's probably what the Dodgers are going to do. And we've already mentioned, you know, what we expect from the bullpen and from the rotation and different things like that. So I think at that, I think that pace might slow down just a little bit. Um, I still think they win the division by between 18 to 21 games though. The interesting thing is going to be the fact that they play the Padres nine more times. I mean, at this point, it's how many games back of the Padres going to finish. So, I mean, if the Dodgers, you know, just hand it to the Padres, take seven out of nine, six out of nine, I, I think it has a chance to surpass 25. If the Padres kind of, you know, 
ride momentum and take, you know, five or six of these remaining nine games, like you said, it might hover around what it is now at 18. Would you like to take a guess at what the largest division lead ever is to finish a season in baseball history? Well, first tell me who it was. It was the Cleveland Indians in 1995. I would not have expected that whatsoever, but it was the Indians in 1995. And how many was it? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, take a guess. I'll guess. I'll say largest ever. I'll say 27. They finished the season with a 30-game lead in the division. That's not bad. That's a decent guess. Yeah, not not too far off. I don't think they're in the division. I don't think the Dodgers, I, I think it was the Royals. The Royals came in second. Wow. Don't think the Dodgers get to 30, but maybe they're able to get to 25. All right, our next one, Mookie Betts leads the Dodgers with 32 home runs, but they don't have any other player that has 20. Will Smith, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger, Freddie Freeman, and Max Muncy all have at least 16 home runs. All of these players are going to finish the season with at least 20 home runs. Wow, let's go over the list again. You said Will Smith. I'll give you the quick Freddie. rundown. Will Smith's at 19, Trey's at 18, Cody's at 17, and both Freddie and Muncie are at 16. So all those guys are going to get to 20 in the next 32 games. You know what? I like it. Yeah. I think that's a fair ball right there, Blake. I, I think, obviously, there's a few that are more slam dunks. I'm mostly focusing on four home runs each from Muncie and from Freddie Freeman. Now, knowing who both of those players are, if you were to ask me this earlier in the season and say, would Muncie and Freeman both get to 20 home runs this year? I think the question is an easy answer. Yes, they will. But with how Muncie's been this year, he's just been really inconsistent. Obviously, that power is still there because when the guy hits a home run, he hits it really far. So I, I think I think that Muncie can get there. And then the one thing, if there's even one knock, that Freeman's got this year. At one point, he was uh, at a higher strikeout rate than any other year in his career. I believe, I don't remember where exactly that number is right now, um, but it has cooled off a little bit. But at one point this season, it was the highest strikeout rate of his career, and he was still hitting the ball incredibly well. And I think right. we've all heard from, you know, the guys on radio or uh, Sportsnet LA that he's already going back and forth one and two in baseball and hits with Trey Turner. So I don't think we need to dive into that too much. Um, but the pop, I think we've seen cool off a little bit from Freeman this year. So those are the two that I'm questioning a little bit. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with fair, and I think that all all of those guys are gonna hit 20, at least. Okay, I I, I see it. Oh, I mean, if they do, that that would be fantastic. I I do think the biggest wild card looking at that is actually Cody Bellinger at 17, just because he's looked really bad at the plate recently and. He's kind of cooled off. So asking him to hit three, I'm not sure. And Trey, Trey also hasn't hit one in over or almost a month, I think since August 5th was his last one. So he's due, but I I do think those guys can get to 20. We're actually going to go back to something you said we weren't. And that's my third one. Trey Turner finishes the season as the MLB hits leader. He's known as the hitman, but he currently trails Freddie Freeman 165 to 162. So only a three hit deficit. But Trey Turner finishes, he surpasses his teammate, and finishes as MLB's hit leader. Yes, yes, I think that's fair. I agree with that completely. I think Trey, I think it's going to come down, let's say this, it'll come down to the final, if not series, or if not game, it'll come down to the final series of the season. I, I again, whenever I see these like stats on Twitter, I need to make sure I jot them down. I think I saw something that like this three hit gap between the two of them is like the largest it's been like in weeks or something, because they're always just going back and forth. Someone has like a one hit lead, then it gets tied, but it's going to be a fun race. Hopefully it sticks to be uh six between these two guys. Hopefully they both surpass 200. I think that'd be awesome. But yeah, I, I think Trey, I think just hitting one spot, you know, ahead of him might give him the advantage. So We'll have to wait and see, but uh, that's going to be a fun one. And, you know, we want to open this up to you guys because uh, it's tough sometimes having to come up with all of these fair fouls for Josh. So if you guys have any potential topics for this segment, you would like me to ask Josh in future episodes, send me a DM on Twitter with your ideas. Again, we want to make this as interactive as possible with you guys, the fans. So for a future episode of fair or foul, shoot me a DM. Let me know what I should ask Josh. Let's see what he uh, says is fair or foul, but Before we get to our mailbag and another fun segment, we are going to take our final break of the evening. 
All right, so every episode, we're going to be answering some mailbag questions from viewers. These questions are going to be coming from Twitter, so make sure to follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. That way, you guys can submit a mailbag question for the next episode. Josh, I had to narrow it down. I picked only three questions this week. Future episodes, we'll try to get some more in, but with so many segments, so much going on, I narrowed it down to only three. And this first one's actually going to be kind of a fun one. This comes from Alex Hassler. The Dodgers are up by one run in the ninth inning of game seven of the world series who comes in to close so alex says who comes in to close but i will kind of switch it a little who do you want coming in to close because dave might have other ideas in regards to who's coming in is everyone healthy yes i guess that everyone's healthy i think i think i go blake trinan um, I think I like Blake Trinan or Evan Phillips at this point. Um, those are the guys that I would turn to right now. Um, you know, Craig's last couple outings have actually been pretty decent. Um, but he's either inconsistent from game to game, or he's just completely and totally wild. Um, at this point, I like Kimbrell earlier in the game. I like him in the seventh yeah. or in the eighth right now. I think, uh, I think my answer would be Blake Trinan. Yeah, my, mine's a mix of either him or Evan Phillips. I do want to see how Blake Trinan looks once he comes back. I know he's been kind of up and down so far in Oklahoma City during his rehab assignment, but if it's right now, if I got to make the call, I'm going Evan Phillips. I mean, this guy has literally allowed one run since I think like May 27th. His ERA is like 0.25. Um, he's been, and I don't think this is a hot take. You can make the case he's been the best reliever in all of baseball this season especially going back to the end of May. If you're going back through the last, you know, two and a half, three months, he's been by far the best reliever. So I want Evan Phillips. I want him on the mound. One run lead, game seven. But if we're being real, Dave's going to bring in Kershaw or something like that to try to close it out. But we'll have to wait and see. But if that's the case, uh, give me a, give me Evan Phillips. This comes from Max. Clearly, neither Turner or Freeman, Trey Turner he's talking about, will agree to take a game off because of the hit leader race. But at some point, does the team need to force them both to sit a game here and there? Seems like the only option since they don't want to sit if the other is playing. Yeah, both guys up to this point in the season have played every single game through 130 games. Neither wants to take a day off. And I know we talked about this earlier in the show in regards to giving guys rest. It seems like for the most part, everyone is okay with having a day off except for Trey and Freddie. So do you think the Dodgers at any point in September go to them and say, listen, we want to sit you for a day, or are they going to let both those guys just ride it out and play 162? Look, you have to bench them for the same games. It's only fair yes. <laughs> from now on. I mean, if you're it, once they clinch the division for the rest of the season, every fourth game, you bench them both. Or you kind of do like a back and forth thing. Like if on Friday night you want to bench Trey, you bench Freddie on Saturday. But I don't think they're going to be happy if one guy has one extra game. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I get wanting to play 162. I personally appreciate it. Nowadays, guys just get rest for wanting rest. The fact that they're going out there 162 games, they're you know getting paid as much money as they are. I tip my cap to them. I, I think it's a very respectable thing, but I wouldn't be upset if they get some rest near the end, because again, you want these guys fresh, you want them ready and you just want to avoid any sort of freak injury that could potentially happen in a meaningless September 28th game. So I'm not exactly certain. I do think the Dodgers are going to go to them in that final week of the season and say, guys, we would appreciate it. But if they say, no, we're going to play. I think they're going to end up playing. We got time for one more question. This comes from I am down so bad 69. That's quite the username there. Level wow. of concern for the Dodgers bullpen <laughs> and rotation heading. We got to end on a high note. I uh, got to end on a high note there. Level of concern for the Dodgers bullpen and the rotation heading into October, given the Tony Gonsolin and Bruce Dark Ratterall news. So Tony Gonsolin, he's on the IL for who knows how long. Bruce Dark Ratterall, he's on the IL for who knows how long. So they're going to be down two guys. But as we mentioned earlier in the show, they have, I think, four guys that are on the verge of returning, but you know, you can never bank on those kind of things. So, Josh, where are you at right now with the starting rotation in the bullpen with a uh, month left in the season? So, are we looking? <laughs> I guess here's my follow up question to the question: Are we looking long term here, or are we looking short term? Because long term, uh, I think it's long term, like okay, so entering let, October. Short term, I'm not concerned at all. 
like we already talked about, we've talked about it a few times. They're up 18 games in the division. They're yeah. the best team in baseball. They've still got six or seven on the Mets for best record in the NL. It doesn't really matter right now. Just get people healthy for the postseason. For the long term, I'm also going to go with the fact that I'm probably not too concerned because if we were in a tighter race right now in baseball, if 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 there if we had a if we had a narrower race in the NL West, if the record was not as good as it is, I think that we would probably see the Dodgers not putting guys on the IL right now um, because kind of been given the impression that it might not be as serious as they're going on the IL retroactive yada 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 makes it sound. I think it's all right, banged up put them on the IL, give them some rest because we're not taking any chances, right? That's kind of the vibe that we've gotten from the Dodgers at certain points this year, obviously outside of the Kershaw and Bueller injuries. Um, So at least right now, I think either way, I'm not super concerned, but obviously anytime someone goes on the IL, you're, you're a little worried. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super concerned as well, just because it sounded like in regards to Gonsolin and Gratterall, they both kind of sounded optimistic that they'd be back. If this was one week from October, I'd be a lot higher. Uh, but the fact that we do have, I think, you know, six weeks or so. But again, these are two guys, whether or not they're, you know, Tony Gonsolin's in the rotation, whether you opt to use him in the bullpen. Tony Gonsolin's a guy that's going to be getting Cy Young votes. You need him in your October bullpen. Again, whether he's a starter, whether he's coming out of the bullpen for a couple innings. And Bruce Dark Gratterall, I know he's, you know, missed like the last month and a half, but he was having the best, you know, 15, 20 game stretch of his career prior to getting hurt. So obviously the Dodgers have a number of options that, you know, if they need to film, they will, but you want your best guys out there come October. Again, hopefully they are there, but like you said, I'm not too concerned right now because maybe this is just something like they're not feeling hundred percent. Let's give them the rest that they need. Whereas if this was the last week of the season, would they necessarily be thrown out there? So not too concerned, but again, ask me this again, uh, the final week uh, of the regular season, but thank you to everyone who submitted questions uh, for this week's mailbag. Again, we will ask you guys every episode to uh, hit us up with whatever questions you got. So make sure to follow us on Twitter because that's where we're going to be getting them from. I don't know where else we get them from, but uh, follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. Again, that way you guys can ask a question for the next episode. I don't know if we're going to get a username better than I am down so bad 69. Uh, yeah. I, I think we peaked too early with the username you sh- here. Was that, do you have a burner by chance? No. Do you have a burner? <laughs> Uh, no, I I, okay. I have burners, but uh, you're going to have to find them. You're going to have to find them. But uh, so that does bring us to our final segment. Now, we talked about it earlier with Fair and Foul. That's going to be something that happens every other episode or however many segments we come up with. We have come we have come up with one segment that we're going to do, do at the end of every episode. Don't have a name for it necessarily yet. Just call it the draft. Maybe we come up with a clever name for it. But we're just going to call it the draft from now on. And essentially, this is how it's going to go down. Before we wrap up each episode, Josh and I are going to do a little mini draft where we have a different and fun topic. Today, we're going to be doing a draft based on the best baseball movies. So how it's going to work, each of us are going to have five selections. We're just going to go back to back. And uh, yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter again because we're going to post a graphic of our five selections where you guys can vote for who you think has the best overall lineup, whoever has the best roster, you guys can vote. And in the next episode, we're going to show you guys who the winner was and just give you a quick recap in regards to who our picks were. So again, a different draft every episode. You guys can let us know on Twitter what you want to see us draft next. We'll come up with some clever ones, but maybe you guys come up with some clever ones too. So Josh, I'm very interested to see where you go here. I talked to you about this before the show started. I was having my girlfriend help me with my picks because I wanted to figure out are you going to go, you know, some of these movies early? You're going to go some of them later. What picks do I want to make sure I lock in? And something you also have to take, you have to take into account. We're also trying to win the vote, so you might have a personal favorite that might yeah. not get some votes. You got to think you got to win the vote as well. So again, th- these could be your five, you know, picks. You could be trying to win the vote. So again, I'm very interested to see where you go. But with the first overall pick as the host, since you know I, I decided to come up with this segment, I decided you relinquish it to me. And I unfortunately know. So Josh is going to go number one next week, but starting off at number one, again, you got to think about winning the vote here. Yeah. And when you think of baseball movies, it comes to mind. It's the easy one Oh one. And I'm going with the Sandlot. 
I think that uh, Josh seems like he was going a different direction. So surprised, interested to see where he goes number two. But I'm going the Sandlot. That's the most baseball movie I think out there. Everyone loves the Sandlot. Who doesn't love the Sandlot? One of the more famous movies of all time. So the 101. That was the easy decision for me. But I feel like it was maybe a different decision for Josh if he had the 101. So Josh, I'll throw it to you now with uh, your first pick. Yeah. See, I think you know this could backfire on me personally, but. You know, it's a it's a Dodgers podcast for Dodgers fans. I'm going for the Dodgers fan vote. So with my first pick, I'm taking 42. Yeah, I, I had that one queued up next because I figured you're going to go a different direction. So I get that one. But I, I respect it. Again, you're going for the Dodger fan vote. But already I'm having a cross one off my list, which I didn't think I'd have to. So that, that definitely hurts. So I'm up next. I got my number two pick. And. I'm going to go with, this is probably, I think, my favorite baseball movie overall. Uh, one that I've, I always like watching. It used to, I don't know if it's still on Netflix anymore, but I'm going Moneyball. I love that movie. I always enjoy watching it. I think it's a well-put-together movie. And uh, who doesn't love them some Brad Pitt? So I'm going to go with Moneyball for my, uh, for my second pick. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. So with my second pick, I'm going to go with another classic, classic movie here that has already inspired its own game in Major League Baseball. So I'm going to go with a little flick called Field of Dreams. Now, I don't know if I've told this to you. Uh, I've had quite the conversation you know, with my girlfriend about it, but I don't know how much flack I'm going to get for this from uh, the viewers out there. I think Field of Dreams is probably the most overrated baseball movie there is. I saw it for <laughs> the first time a couple years ago. A fine film, fine. but... I, 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 the fact that people say it's the best baseball movie ever, I appreciate the story. I appreciate the field of dreams game they have, but I, I just, I think it's overrated again. I don't know if I need a duck with that hot take, but I just think it's overrated. Uh, you know, to some extent. Okay. Here's, here's where you think you're going to get flack for this. Wait, wait for this. To some extent, aren't really all, sports movies kind of in that category i feel like unless it's based yeah. off a true story unless it is like 42 um like i i just think that a lot of sports movies kind of fall into that it oh it was good but it's not as good as everybody says it is right like miracle in its own kind of category um but like you know people rave about other movies that aren't necessarily based on a true story. And you're like, ah, I mean, it's cool. It's all right. But I think they're just kind of built up too much. I hear you. So I'm on the clock now for my third pick. This is one, this, this might've been one that you would have not even picked. Um, so I, you know, I could play it safe somewhere else, but I want to make sure I lock this down. This is one. It might not, I don't know what the rotten tomatoes on it is. It's probably not that high, Oh no! but I always love watching this movie it always makes me laugh. I wish there was a Dodgers version of it because it would be us. I'm going Fever Pitch. Oh, okay. I really I'm going didn't Fever think... Pitch. It's a good movie. Again, I I don't know what the Rotten Tomato score is. I'm actually going to look it up right now because I'm interested in knowing. But something about that movie, I just always enjoy watching it. Always puts a smile on my face. I always laugh, knowing that that's how <laughs> most of us are in real life in regards to their team. Uh, let's see here. Oh, no, not so bad. It's got a what, 65. Yeah. That's not awful. It's a 6.2 out of 10, according to IMDb. Hey, it's a sports movie. It's a rom-com. It's the best of both worlds. It's Jimmy I'm Fallon going. and Drew Barrymore. Here's another thing. Jimmy Fallon, he's also overrated. Re oh, come on. I think we're gonna, our next uh, draft is going to be uh, overrated people. Overrated just topics. Just overrated and, people in general? Or just overrated things in general. So I've already got my list my, of My number one pick is Fallon. at Blake Harris TBLA. That's the consensus. What I would, so. we put that out there. I am suddenly the number one personality on Padres Twitter. Immediately, you are. <laughs> that you are. So I'm going fever pitch though. That's a good one. That's a good one. See, here's where I thought that there were going to be fewer movies on my list because I didn't think you were going to go fever pitch. So now I'm thinking, where do I draft certain movies? Because right. I don't know what's going to survive another round. There's one that I really think is going to survive. And if it doesn't, I'm going to quit the show um, after one episode. So I'm going to be really upset. 
Um, so with my first pick, I had 42. My second pick, I had Field of Dreams. I'm going to come out here and, and go with a great... See, here's a, here's one that's not just a great baseball movie. I think this is a great movie altogether, and that's A League of Their Own. So with my third pick, I'm going with A League of Their Own. Yeah, I, I see it. You know, I was thinking of getting it in my uh, top five, but here's another random thing. I've actually never seen A League of Their Own. Really? I don't know how or why. For some reason, just like how up until a few years ago, I'd never seen Field of Dreams, which is odd. There's actually a few other baseball movies that are highly regarded that I've never seen. I don't know why. I mean, some of the movies that I watch nowadays that are being watched before some of these, you know, iconic movies makes no sense. But Gina I, Davis I and it. Tom Hanks. I know. And Madonna. I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, man, that's tough. I don't, I don't tough. know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to go with the next one. Um, this is one. If I had to rank my top five that I enjoy the most, it probably wouldn't be in my top five. But this is a, you know, this is a classic. Um, this is a, a classic baseball movie. When you hear this music, you instantly know what the movie is. I'm going Bad News Bears. I'm going mm. the one from the 70s, not the remake with Billy Bob Thorne. I'm going Bad News Bears, a classic. Watching these kids with a uh, bail bond sponsor on their jersey, drinking beer, you know, 200-pound kid hitting dingers. It, you can't you can't get anything better than that. So I like the Bad News Bears. Remake wasn't awful, but we're going for nostalgia. So I'm going with the original Bad I think they made like four of them in like the 70s and 80s too. There's one where they go to like Tokyo, I think. Yeah. I think they go to like the Tokyo Dome, so... Yeah. Not those. We're going with the OG Bad News Bears. Okay, so here's where I try to cover all of my bases with these next two picks. So right now I got 42. That's the that's the inspirational true story. Same thing with kind of A League of Their Own. That's kind of a classic one too. Field of Dreams, classic, inspired, you know, inspired the, the Field of Dreams game in Major League Baseball. And now I've got to dive into some other categories of baseball movies. So... With my fourth pick, I'm going to go for the comedy genre, right? We got to reel in those fans with my vote. Okay. So we're going to go with a classic movie that has cracked me up for years, and I can never really figure out why because it's just dumb, and that's Benchwarmers. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that's <laughs> where you were going. Was that on your list? It was on my list. I'm Wow. My, my fifth and final pick is between two. And that's one of the ones that it's between. So now it kind of makes uh, makes it easy. But yeah, Benchwarmers, again, not a great movie. I, I'm interested to know what the rating is on like Rotten Tomatoes or something. But that's another one where no, ma no matter when you watch, no matter what part it is, it always makes you laugh. Again, is it cinema? Maybe to some people. But uh, if it makes you happy, if it makes you laugh, then it's on there. So we are at our final pick now. And I have a few interesting options. I could go with some potential options that can help me in the voting because these are you know more popular movies but i'm not necessarily going to do that i'm going to stick to uh movies that i enjoy the most i know for a fact this one isn't on your list at all mm. i'd be shocked if this was your number five i was going to go a certain direction at five uh mj told me to do it but uh oh. if you are gonna if you are gonna pick this at five i'm gonna let you have it <laughs> I wanted to see the reaction if I would have picked a certain movie just to see you lose your mind, but I'm going to give it to you. If that's I would have quit the show, <laughs> that's I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you at number five. So with my number five, I'm going to go with rookie of the year. Another it's a very one. underrated one. It's about a little 12 year old by the name of Henry Rowan Gardner that, you know, becomes a pitcher for the Cubs. And for some reason, I don't know why I've just always liked that movie. I loved it growing up. I haven't seen it in a while, but I always liked that one, a very underrated movie, but rookie of the year. That's going to be my final pick with number five. Yeah, that's a really good movie. I always like that one too. Um, but you're right. I know that if I know that if your girlfriend's telling you what you should pick, uh, I was tempted to. I was tempted I to go this route. And the best part is, no one here knows what you're going to say. Most Nobody, of the people, well, if they've been gonna, paying attention, if they've been true. paying attention, they should most know of the people might not even know what this movie is. See, I was first of all. Let me just say that I did not know what this movie was until I got a, an opportunity that was previously mentioned in this episode. So what I will say is I've covered all my bases up to up until one <laughs> pick, which is this one. Oh, I have my classic movie. I've, I've got Field of Dreams. Um, I've got 
42. That's, you know, your inspirational true story. You've got a league of their own. You've got your comedy and benchwarmers. And now I got to round it all out, which is your classic rom-com, right? You got to round it out with a rom-com. And oh, if you've boy. been paying attention, if you've been paying attention, I said something specifically earlier in this episode to tease Let me get what our my counter last ready. pick was going to be. Let me get be. the counter ready. Here's my second, my second mention of the Chatamays. I'm taking Summer Catch as my fifth pick because objectively it is not a great movie because you know it's your classic like rom-com from like 2001 um but it is it's it's an interesting story for anyone who's been to the cape cod baseball league has played or worked in the cape cod baseball league it is a fantasized version of that um and the team that it's featured in is the Chatham. The team that's featured in is the Chathamays, and I worked for that team for two years. Um, so I, you know, you gotta love that. But also, the cast of this movie is insane. Yeah, like low key stacked. Freddie Prince Jr., Jessica Biel, Fred Ward, Matthew Lillard, um, uh, Brittany Murphy, uh, Wilmer Valderrama, like. It's just an unreal cast. And like the list goes on and on and on. So that uh, that's got to be my fifth pick. And, and if MJ was telling you to pick it, she's got either really good or really bad taste in baseball movies, depending on who you ask. Yeah, again, I, I was I was tempted to do it just to get your reaction. But then I thought, well, I'm also trying to win this uh, poll. So we'll see. So my five that I had, Sandlot, Moneyball, Fever Pitch, Bad News Bears, and Rookie of the Year. Josh, go through your uh, your five again. My five were 42, Field of Dreams, A League of Their Own, Benchwarmers, and Summer Catch to round it out. Now, I want to know what you had on your on your draft board that you didn't end up picking. So I had so I had three that were essentially left that weren't picked between either of us. I had The Natural. Um, this one, though, I haven't seen in a long time. I just remember that I used the uh, music yeah. for our inside pitch introduction back at ASU. And yeah. I was like, let me get it on there for that. Um, Major League, which mm-hmm. Major League is like the most Blake Harris baseball movie of all time. It is. And I've never seen it. What? I've, I've seen, okay, I've seen I, like, I'm shocked that that wasn't on your I've list. I've probably seen the entire movie like on TV, like, if you were to take like every time I've seen it on TV, I've sat down and watched it for 10 or 15 minutes and you were to lump it together. I've probably seen it from beginning to end, but I've never actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end. Like I know a lot of the scenes, like I know a lot of the scenes and everything, but I've just never actually sat down and watched it beginning to end, which again is crazy because if you know me, you would think that that's probably my favorite of all time, which it actually might be if I were to watch it and that actually might be my number one, but one other movie I knew it would no in no chance get picked MJ wanted me to include it on this list. We're talking about comedies. We're talking about movies from the 2000s. For those of us growing up with a Disney channel, you may have seen a movie by the name of uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Oh my gosh. And uh, that is a great movie. I watched it about a month ago. Still holds up 20 years later. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off with Bobby Flay making an appearance in it. Well, I'll tell you this. The way that you are with Major League is actually how I am with Moneyball. And Moneyball is like right up my alley too. I've got the book sitting right here on my shelf. I lied. I'm moving in a couple days. It's in a box, but the shelf is empty right here. So that's tough. But um, yeah, I've actually never sat through all of Moneyball. It's one of those things where I've watched 45 minutes of it on TV and then have gone off to do something else. So have I seen the whole movie? Yes. Have I watched it straight through? No, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat you are. Um, So that was on my list, but I didn't expect to get to pick it. Um, Two more that I had on here. I actually, Major League was one that I considered, but ended up not going that route. Um, And uh, so I I really thought you were going to pick that. I was waiting for you to pick that. Um, the two two movies on here that I really really liked. One of them is a Disney movie. The Rookie um, is really good. Oh. I really like that movie. I actually watched that recently. Um, it's it's solid. You know, it, it still holds up kind of. Um, and then another one that I kind of I remember watching on TV as a kid all the time and really liked. And that's Angels in the Outfield. If this was an Angels podcast, maybe it would have gone one. Maybe, maybe I know your gone. audience. Yeah, know your audience. I Maybe I would have gone one, but I know my audience, so I didn't pick it. There you go. So <laughs> that wraps up our first ever, uh, again, 
draft the draft. We'll come up with some sort of clever name for this. But again, stay tuned. Make sure you guys vote on Twitter at Inside the Ravine for whoever you thought had the best five. Again, you can vote however you want. Again, how we thought getting the more popular movies, getting your more favorable movies. So whoever you thought had the better top five, vote in that poll. And we'll share in our next episode which one of us came out victorious. But again, you guys can follow us on Twitter. Suggest future drafts because we're going to be doing one of these every show. So if there's a draft you'd like to see us do, hit us up on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. Let us know. But Josh, that wraps up the first ever episode of Inside the Ravine. How are you doing over there? I'm How are you good, doing out there in Eastvale? I didn't think I was going to make it, but here we are, um, one episode down and ready for many more. And like Blake said, uh, coming up down the line, we'll have series previews, series recaps, we'll have news, we'll have guests, we'll have interviews, and then we'll have uh, more fun segments like the draft and fair or foul, uh, things that we haven't mentioned yet. So that's all coming up down the line on Inside the Ravine. Yeah, so a whole lot coming your way. Again, if you're a Dodgers fan, this is an absolute must-listen. Not exactly certain as to what the upload schedule is going to be if there's going to be certain days when it's going to be coming how frequent probably at least two a week um once we get closer to the postseason maybe more but again stay tuned on our social media because we're going to be posting when we're filming episodes and when you can find all that kind of stuff but you guys can find inside the ravine wherever it is you find your podcast we're brought to you by odyssey sports so you can find us in the odyssey app you guys can also find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I mentioned this earlier early in the show, but we'd love to hear your feedback. So go over to Spotify, give us a rating, go to Apple Podcasts, give us a, give us a review. Let us know what kind of segments you'd like to see. And again, if you'd like to see future draft topics, let us know in there as well. We want to read those reviews. This podcast is for Dodgers fans. So you guys can find us on social media. Our handle is Inside the Ravine, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Mostly Twitter is your best bet, but we're learning. By damn, we'll, we'll learn how to do the TikTok, Josh. We're not going to be doing TikTok dances, but we're going to be giving awesome TikTok videos. And I, I was Instagram really hoping videos. that we could. We could try. Yeah, those those dances or Instagram yeah. reels, whatever, whatever the kids are calling them nowadays. But yeah. we'll learn. So if you're over there, make sure to give us a follow. Again, it is Inside the Ravine for all three of those handles. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're really excited for this show. We hope you guys enjoy each episode. Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. We hope you enjoyed the rest of your day, wherever you may be.